This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Adam, hello. Hi, Lori. How are you today? <laughs> good, good. Good. You feel We're... like talking about sex today? <laughs> I do. You feeling that kind of good? I do. I feel <laughs> that kind of good. Yeah. I feel like you have. To, I feel like you have to feel good to talk about to talk to talk about sex. I think there's a minimum yeah, requirement. That's right. You can't that's be having right. a bad day because no, just... can't be sick. Can't be. No. Yeah, can't be too tired. No, Got, right. Gotta feel good. Can't I feel be... good. 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 I feel like talking about sex. All right. Well, we're so... talking about long distance relationships today. <laughs> right. That's such a difficult subject for so many because long distance relationships can be really stressful. Right. I mean, they. Yeah. It can induce a lot of pressure on on a couple, right? It can. And I think that in this modern world, more couples are struggling with long distance relationships than maybe before. Although, right, I mean, our parents, World War II, people were, you know, they were gone from their lovers for two, three years sometimes and only writing letters, no Skype, no email, you know, no texting. Yeah, And Uh, a lot of people just have to have the long distance relationship because of work, because of, we've talked about military, families, like... Most people don't choose this form of relationship. Most of the right. time it's forced on them right? Um, because of circumstances, right? Yeah, maybe they're doing graduate school in another town or something. Yeah, yeah and it's rough. It's a, it's a, it's a hardship. Yeah. What, what do you think are the biggest things that detract from the relationship success, the, the unique stressors that the long distance puts on a couple? 
Well, I mean, I think by and large, especially if they're still in a deciding stage, right, a long-distance relationship, an engagement before they get married, I mean, there's just not enough time to go through the day and to have conversation about all the little things that you do when you see each other for maybe three or four hours in the evening. Yeah. Um, it, it just reduces your time together, right? It and, does. And time, time is so vital for relationships to thrive. So figuring out how to get that time in a long-distance relationship, obviously, yeah. is, can be super difficult. Yeah, I know even when my husband used to travel uh, and we had small children – you know, he would call and we would talk, you know, for what, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, before the kids screamed and needed my attention or something. But you just don't have the luxury of saying, this is, you know, all that happened in my day. Mm-hmm. And then moving from that conversation, the, kind of the download of the day into the download of his day and how we're feeling about other things and conversation about you know whether it be politics or religion or yeah. our kids or you know just whatever i mean you don't have that luxury to really get to know each other and fill each other in on your world yeah and especially if you're not already a natural communicator i mean putting the right. phone in and of itself i mean i think maybe like facetime or skype can help and you know mm-hmm. new video technologies help that a little bit but i like for instance when i go away i was away this weekend like talking to my wife on the phone is just not doesn't feel natural, and so it's a real. It takes a lot of effort for me to be <laughs> able to get like get that connection to get that out of like this is what's happening, like this is what's going on. Right? Yeah, and, I tend to, and, and we know you as a talker yes, on the podcast. You know me as a talker, but I'll bet you, yeah, I can see how that would still be a different sort of thing. Yeah, well, it it just I'm not. I don't tend to be a phone talker. I right. want to see you face to face. I want to mm-hmm. see like so. And my friends tend to know that about me. If we out of sight tends to be out of my out of mind for me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it just I don't naturally just pick up the phone and call. So you know I do that with my wife. I pick up the phone to call, but it's hard for the conversations to be long, to be meaningful, to be connecting conversations. So I think if that was ever imposed on us, um, where we would have to be apart for longer than a weekend, you know, or for a year or for six mm-hmm. months, like that would be a big challenge for us to be able to overcome that. Yeah, I, I talk about something, uh, and I've talked about it before here, but of object constancy, which is, you know, when the, it's a stage of life for a baby. Mm-hmm. When the ball goes behind your back, when you're playing ball with a baby, yeah. um, when the ball goes behind your back, babies at earlier ages forget about the ball. Yeah, it's out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. They they don't see the ball, so they don't reach for it. Later, as the baby grows, the baby's trying to look for the ball that you put behind your back, mm-hmm. and that's when they've established object constancy. They know the object exists outside of sight. Right. But I think that all of us have different levels of what I call relational constancy. Yeah. You know, when the person that we love goes away, mm-hmm. you know, there's a certain period of time that we remember them, remember their love for us. You know, and when I was a young mother, I mean, that was like four days. Yeah. You know, my husband would be gone. He was gone regularly for six days. Mm. And, you know, by day one, I was just like, it was fine. You know, I was a little scattered. Day two, I was a little resentful. Day three, I was a little angry. Day four, he was dead to me. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just like. If four days was all it took, huh? <laughs> you know, I was just like, I didn't have that ability to retain yeah. who we were and who he was to me. I mean, it was really hard on me. Yeah. 
You know, I, I, I think that people who probably have, grow up in more secure families have a longer period of time. But, I mean, a lot of couples are struggling with months at a time. Yeah. You add on top of that, too, if your love language is quality time. Oh, right? my gosh. If your love language is quality time and you're in a long-distance relationship, you are probably hurting hard for the feeling loved and feeling yeah, cared for absolutely. and being able to express your love because what you want is the time, the time together. I know. Um, and if your partner is not that way, they're going to feel much more connected much more easily by a phone conversation or something like that. And so that, that creates some tension there as, as well, because being able to, or even if your, your love language is acts of service, right? If that's, if there's that's no your, help, there, there's no help. There's, there's no, no help. way to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And that that makes it really difficult, right? I've had several couples who one of the partners stays at home with with the baby, and the other travels for work, so they're gone two weeks at a time, um, and they feel really uncared for and unloved mm. simply because, um, and they don't mm. they don't begrudge the job to the person, but they don't feel cared for in part because their partner is not there to help them out with the day to day routines of life and with and, baby care and all that kind of stuff. Right. I will tell you what I did during those six days is I hired help. Oh, yeah. Even for six days. I mean, maybe that I was a wimp, but I, you know, had three children. And even I had help when I had two children. Yeah. You know, just somebody who came in, who helped with meals, who helped pick up the toys, who helped put the kids to bed. I mean, she would stay with me for quite some time Mm -hmm. during the day to help because we didn't have family nearby. We didn't have any relief. So I highly recommend don't be a martyr. Don't do it all. Yeah. Please get help, yeah, especially if you're an acts of service kind of person. Or you even, need that help. even just engaging family support, you know, like if you yeah. if you don't have family nearby, that is really that's going to be tough. Or reliable family or reli- or friends that are uh, friends that are family that can be that support for you and help you mm-hmm. out with that kind of stuff. Because otherwise you're 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 winging it solo. And that's that's why I mean, we're in relationships for a reason, not just because we don't want to have to wing it solo yeah. um, and be alone. And so that creates some difficulty as well. Yeah. I have a young woman friend whose husband is going to be deployed in the next couple of weeks. And he is he's going to be out of the country for nine months, no visitation. Oh, my goodness. I know. Nine months. That is a long I mean, they will be time. able to talk by phone, by Skype, and they'll be able to text probably, except when he goes on a mission and then he's just out of it completely. And it could be... 10 days before she knows if he's dead or alive. I mean, you know, and so so it's a problem. I mean, I think one thing could be that couples have an exaggerated sense of the honeymoon when they return, right? Mm. But if you're a person who likes time to connect first, you know, your partner may be thinking, great, we're going to go meet in Hawaii and have all this wild sex. Mm. And, you know, you get there and you're like, I, I just want to sit and walk on the beach with you. I mean, yeah. I just need to catch up. I need to know what it's like to be with you again. Yeah. You know, we can have really mixed motives when we get together after a long distance well, relationship. Well, you're starting, you're starting to address the specific issues that long distance creates for our sexual relationship as well. Yeah. Right. And one of those is just is just varying expectations about what how how wild and crazy the time together is going to be. Yeah. Right. Because because you you do have to have sex when you're together if you're in a long Gosh, relationship. I would hope they do. Because if you don't, like, when is that going to happen? Because obviously, you know, and so that probably is an expectation for both. But if you're not coming in with the same expectations for how, how often, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, then that can that can get a little tricky. Yeah. Right? Or there's a sense of having to get to know each other's bodies all over again, mm-hmm. you know, if it's been a while. I, 
Do you think that creates there? There would seem to me to create a lot of really high expectations for the quality of the sex that's going to be in their time together, especially if they don't have a lot of it. If they just have a weekend or they have one week together, like the expectations and the pressure could be really high going in, don't you think? I think so. I mean, right? They they're going to think about having sex every night or a few times and maybe on a normal weekend you have sex once or twice but you know on a honeymoon weekend after a long separation it could be well you know my expectation is we're going to have sex morning noon and night mm, right because yeah. we got to squeeze in all the sex we got to get yeah we got to get it all in all in that in that short period of and time. it really does hyper focus on the physical relationship in a way that it might not be sustainable. I mean, right. you might not have that weekend be as great a sex as you want because, yeah. you know, it, your, your partner may not feel that. You know, what if you come together and you got a cold or you're, yeah. you know, the flu or... Or it's just been hard to maintain your emotional intimacy when you've been apart. Right. Which, is, which would seem to me to be critical because otherwise you're having to build that as well as the physical all in the short time that mm-hmm. you've had together. Yeah, I think it's a fantasy of, okay, we're going to live apart and then we're going to have hot sex all the time. Mm. It's a fantasy. And some people do do it. And I right. think especially unmarried couples who do that, who maybe they're going to different colleges, right? And the time that they spend together is just filled with sex and dating and lovely time. And then they go away. And one of the things I think about and I'd like to talk about with you is how attachment, how distancers and pursuers play into that um, and how it creates a false sense of what sex is going to be like when they're actually together. Hmm. So maybe we can talk about that after the break. Let's talk about that after the break and some tips for managing that long distance relationship as well. Okay, great. For Play Radio Sex Therapy with Lori Watson and Dr. Adam Matthews. Right back. Wanting Sex Again. How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy. Weekend couples intensives are also offered. Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com. Awaken what's possible. It is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs 
look at the problem differently and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthews with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net. We're back with Four Play Radio Sex Therapy and sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. We're talking about long distance relationships, how to survive that, how to survive it sexually and emotionally in a committed relationship. And you were talking about at the end there about some attachment theory and how that plays into it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we need a, a sense of separateness, right? We all need autonomy. We need time to do our own thing. And then we need closeness and connection. And in some ways... This is a structural way that couples handle it. Sometimes I think that unconsciously they choose a partner who's long distance um, because they don't handle autonomy very well when they're together. So, for instance, we need our time away. And if that's when we're living away and then we come together, we can have this really intense togetherness experience, potentially intensely sexual, intensely emotional, and then we go our separate ways, and that's all structured. But when we actually live together, now we have to manage that on an emotional basis. How do we get our autonomy? What does our partner feel when we say, oh, by the way, you know, this Saturday I want to go out with my girlfriends? It's like, wait, 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 wait. Weekends are, you know, time time. that we spend together. That's what we've always done. Or, or the partner who says, yeah, I know that when we were together, we had sex three times a day, but now we're living together, you know, month in and month out. And no, I don't actually want to have sex three times a day. I did then because it was a balance. I wasn't seeing you every day. I only had you for the weekend. So yeah, I wanted to have sex all the time, but now we can have sex anytime. And so, you know, like the the spatial distances change. Yeah, and you're 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 talking about really there people that start out in a long distance relationship and then mm-hmm. move to a more committed relationship right. where they're together yeah. in the same space. What about how do you see that playing out for couples that may start off in a relationship where they're together in the same space, but uh, then they have together, to married, be. but then they have to be apart for a time, like the couple you were talking about in the first half where, where he's going to be gone for nine months. Yeah, I, I think that it's part of it is the same problem, right? Mm-hmm. Is that now we have a structural distance and maybe I want more connection and I'm frustrated because this distance is separating us. Yeah. So we really have to come up with conscientious techniques to get enough togetherness yeah. sexually and emotionally when we're apart from each other. Yeah, it would seem to me then what you're saying is that we have to acknowledge, one, are we the distancer or are we the pursuer in yes. the relationship? And what mm-hmm. does how does that play out and how does that affect me in our varying proximity to each other? When, yeah. we're, when we're apart, what does that mean for me? Does that mean um, that I recognize that if I'm the pursuer, that my partner isn't going to be able to respond to me in the, in the same way? And that maybe if I'm the withdrawer that um, or distancer, that I've got to be more intentional in pursuit, right? Yes. And yeah, I, because I think distancers can tend to, especially if if it's the distancer who goes away from home, mm-hmm. you know, their life is filled potentially with their mission or their work or They're going to be much um, more satisfied in a, in a long-distance relationship, are. Absolutely, aren't they? Absolutely. 
but the the pursuer who's left behind is going to be more frustrated like yeah. you've gone away from me yeah yeah so i think that absolutely figuring out which side you're on and what your challenge is yeah cuz then important. and then when they're back together the distancer may be overwhelmed may feel really mm-hmm. overwhelmed by crowded. the pursuer and crowded right mm-hmm. and so they've got to kind of recognize how to and the pursuer may feel like it like you said when they go away they may feel that as rejection mm-hmm. um, as opposed to seeing seeing it for what it is. And when their partner finally gets within proximity, they may want to drown them, right? Mm. Like I have all these needs that I've built up, that I've waited for, my sexual needs, my emotional needs. Yeah. I want you to meet all of them. And the person's like, you know, I, I you know, I've been gone. I've been working. I need a, I need a nap. Yeah. I need a break. Yeah. You know, I need to go see my friends. I need to go have a little autonomy. I've been working my you know, self to death out there. Now yeah. I need some time. You know, that's, it's a difficult thing. I, yeah. I mean, first of all, it's also predictable. And anything predictable is solvable. Yeah. So if you've had a conflict about this, even one time, see if there's a way to structure the reunion and structure the expectations. Yeah, that's really our first tip, right? Is to give it some structure so that you know, you know what to expect. And um, know how to solve the problems if, if it comes up, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, also, I think in that structure, you know, talk about what you need. I mean, I, I think if my partner were gone on a monthly basis, I would absolutely need to talk to them every day. You know, I like talking to my friends, frankly, every day. I mean, certain friends, <laughs> certain <laughs> friends I like to talk to every day. I mean, that's why I like walking with my neighborhood girlfriends. You know, we just kind of keep current. And that's yeah. cozy. It's it's not necessarily deep, but it's kind of cozy. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that and then again, when you figure out, are, am I the pursuer? Am I the distancer? Your needs become a little more clear, especially in a long distance relationship. Yes. Right? And being able to say, I need space, a little bit of space when we come back um, together or saying that I have all these unmet needs and I have to find time to, to have them filled or when we're apart, I need you to, to reach out to me more than you're doing. You know, those type of questions and, and talking about them directly can solve a lot of these problems really quickly. Right? right. So if you are a distancer and you don't naturally think about contacting your partner I would encourage you to set a couple of alarms on your phone every day. Absolutely. You know, set the alarm and it's just like maybe set three of them and on two of them text your partner. Mm. You know, just find a way to structurally remember I need to contact my partner. And then I would say set a time at night that you talk together. Yeah. Which is harder. Gosh, there is so many so many difficulties you're facing if this is you. Yeah. Harder on different time zones. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. It's oh, like time it, zones can be a killer. Time yeah. zones are a killer. Yeah, and you have to have that regularly scheduled time whenever it is to be able to do that. And it's got to be distraction-free, right? You yeah. can't have kids running around. You can't have the TV on in the background. You can't be checking email while you do this. I mean, it, it, it does need to have some really specificity to it where you're focused on what your partner is saying so that you can really – um, respond well. I think mm-hmm. the other thing when you're talking about in that the structure that you're mentioning um, that's important is that they're they have regularly scheduled time together that is valued and is placed on your uh, priority, mm-hmm. right? If it's mm-hmm. if you're only seeing each other every other weekend, like you can't miss those weekends. Those weekends have to be um, priority. Your time together is already so limited um, that when you cancel right. because of work or you cancel because you have another event, like when you miss that time and you, then you go even longer without seeing each other. Like that can be really damaging to your relationship. And so, and pe- people let things crowd in on that yeah, time, absolutely. right? Well, you're home and your family wants to see you, but 
I haven't seen you in, you know, three uh-huh. weeks. And, you know, your parents want to come over for a barbecue because they've missed you too. It, I mean, it is an enormous difficulty. Yeah. I but, mean, that, that's already, uh, when couples are together, that's already Or the already kids want to see you. I yeah, mean, absolutely. my God, the kids want to see kid, you, right? <laughs> that's just a whole other element that we haven't even mentioned of adding <laughs> that in becomes super difficult. But yeah, I mean, couples that live together and, you know, every and see each other every day have a difficult thing with this. And so uh, mm-hmm. getting of getting time together. And so it becomes even more of a priority when you have a long distance relationship. Yeah. Um, but what about the, Lori, how do they maintain their sexual relationship when they're that far apart? I mean, what are some things that they can do when they're apart that doesn't just, when they come back together, they don't just arrive cold? You know what I mean? Like, how, yeah. how do they re- yeah. maintain some heat in their relationship when they're I, apart like I that? I mean, I think they've got to take advantage of technology, right? Yeah. Of uh, Skype sex and phone sex and... I mean, and for some people, that is a huge stretch of vulnerability and courage to start to do these things. You know, they may be the type that it's like, no, I'm, I like a sensual warm up. I like my partner to come up and put their arms around me. That's how I like to start sex. And it's like the idea of having a sexually explicit relationship from afar with technology just scares them to death. But I mean, really, you've got to acknowledge yourselves as sexual creatures, even when you're in a part and start to share things mentally. I mean, it could be a way to build up, you know, really great sex talk. Yeah. If you'll allow that. Yeah. And that that does really it may stretch some people, but it becomes very it becomes extraordinarily vital. Right. It does. And then I think the other tip that we have really is about the time apart has to have an end in sight. Right. Like it Absolutely. has to be a time, especially if you're in a dating relationship or a engaged relationship and you're moving towards something that's more committed, a marriage relationship. Like you have to have some kind of end in sight so that the relationship can begin to thrive and you can know what it's like to be together. Yeah. Um, because that can that can throw all kinds of kinks in the relationship, right? Yeah. And I would say at least a year together in the same city before you decide to marry. And that should not be the year you're planning the wedding. I mean, yeah. it should be... You know, we need to live together or live in the same city together for some period of time before we absolutely pull the trigger. Because I think that especially dating, long distance relationships can be glamorized and romanticized in ways that, you know, who the person is doesn't really come fully to the surface until you're living in the same place and seeing each other regularly. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely... Wait on that engagement if it's a long-distance relationship. And if it's a marriage already, I, I think, you know, thinking about doing something for five years is pretty tough. Yeah. You know? So let's let's just kind of review our tips real, real okay. quick, Lori, and give kind of just a, a one-sentence summary. First one was about structure. Summarize that for us What when we say the, the relationship needs some structure. Okay, so you, you want to structure time to talk and to connect. You know, every night, I mean, to me, I would have to connect every night and maybe during the day with something cute as well. Yeah. And that keeps that keeps the emotional relationship alive and warm. Yeah, absolutely. Another tip was about talking about your needs. Right. I'm knowing whether you're the distancer and pursuer um, in the relationship. Yeah. You have to kind of analyze your relationship and your challenge if you're on one side or the other. And again, Go to my website, awakenloveandsex.com. Take the love and sex quiz, and that gives you – it's a free quiz 
that tells you which side you're on, both sexually and emotionally, if you're a pursuer or a distancer, and it will help direct you to the challenges. Right. And tip number three is just be consistent in maintaining the time that you do have together, right? Right, exactly. And making it, some of it sexual. Yeah, absolutely. Making some of that time that you have on phone sexual, whether you're talking about sex or having Skype sex. I know that sounds crazy to some of you, and some of you are like, oh, yeah, that doesn't sound crazy. That sounds great, which is good. Well, that keeps, um, the, that keeps the heat in the relationship, Keeps right? the heat and going. Keeps it, um, and keeps it hot. And then, last tip, have an end in sight. You have to have a time where the time apart is going to end, and if you don't know when that is, that makes it much more hard to bear and hard to maintain. Right. We can kind of enter anything if we know there's an end in sight. So you're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. Thanks for listening. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. 